Well, good evening, everyone. First day of summer, longest day of the year. <laughs> and uh, here we are already. The time flies, doesn't it? It seems like we 2023 is flying by. And uh, appreciate the opportunity again to be here. It's not a burden at all. I had an open evening. Uh, I'd be at Greater Portland tonight, but um, I'm glad that I was able to come and hopefully be a blessing to Pastor and to you guys. And so, again, just things are going well. I was thinking... The other day, I was had a meeting with my pastor, uh, Pastor Scott McFeeters, um, our new pastor at Greater Portland Baptist Church, and I was just reminding him, uh, you know, here we are in Portland, you know, we're in the headlines, our city, and just all the things that are going on in our city that have been going as far as just being a, a blue state and just the craziness of the drugs and the and uh, crime and yeah, all the other stuff, especially this month <laughs> that has been promoting. And here we are, like right in the heart of it here in the Northwest. And um, but thinking about that, I was all reminded of, you know, I've been doing prison ministry now for 20 years plus and i haven't seen and i not seen a greater season for ministry and i was telling i was saying you know pastor i said you know sunday i was at our facility which which houses the three largest counties in oregon population wise multnomah county washington county um clackamas county i have that facility that I work in. And I says, as far as I know, uh, I did three services that day and uh, we had a hundred percent attendance as far as I know. In other words, every person in that facility was in church. And I thought, you know, I can't just take that for granted. That's a, that's a miracle. <laughs> you know, we, we, here we are in Portland and we're labeled as the most liberal, probably one of the most liberal besides San Francisco, Portland, maybe, uh, you know, whatever. But I'm having more favor with these institutions than I ever have. And so I'm just saying, praise the Lord. And it reminds me, it has nothing to do with Brother Rick. It has to do with when God wants something done, nothing could stop him. Does that make sense? Yeah. Not even a blue state. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so, and I I was just reminding him, he sat back and thought, because I was trying to... uh, you know, show him what God is doing. And, you know, and it was just made a whole lot of sense. And he was just uh, surprised himself how God is working. And we continue to do this week after week after week after week. And um, I says, if you're a juvenile and you end up being arrested and sent to prison, 
probably a 99% chance is you're going to hear the gospel. That's a great, you know, testimony. Um, and so maybe God's allowing these guys to get arrested so they could hear the gospel. Many of them get saved and I'll kind of teach on, uh, the process of Christian growth, um, today and, um, um, but I just wanted to share that testimony. So I say all that to say, keep praying. Uh, it's all because of God and what he chooses to do. And I believe people are praying and God, man, I, there's no doubt in my mind. God answers prayer. There's, there's just no doubt whatsoever. The older I get, the longer I've been a Christian, I realize that, man, you pray about something God hears. And we talked about it last time I was here. Sometimes he says no, but he hears. And that's an answer. No, that's a definite answer. Um, or it's not the right time. And, or a lot of times he just, yeah, thank you for asking. I've been wanting to give you this for a long time. <laughs> Thanks for asking. Here it is. And so that's the truth of the matter. God does answer prayer. And so let's pray and we'll get started. Father in heaven, again, we're thankful for just the opportunity that we have to open up your word tonight. Um, my prayer is that you would uh, help me to be a good communicator. Uh, Lord, just use me tonight. If you may forgive me my sin, uh, just help me to say the things that I should and those things that I should and I wouldn't. And again, Lord, we do pray for pastor. Um, I just pray you relieve him of pain and just the misery that he's been in for a while. And we just need a healing, Lord. We need you to work. And I pray, Lord, that you would be with him, his wife, Amy. Lord, just bless them, encourage them. We see the girls here tonight, encourage them. And Lord, we just pray that your will and way would be done. Be with those decision makers as far as doctors. And I pray that they would do the right thing by him and more involved that you would more than that, you would be involved in everything that takes place. Uh, be with this church here, God's word, Baptist church, each one here represented their families. Also just be involved in their families, their, their lives, their children, uh, dads, moms, grandparents, um, I just pray, Lord, even today that you would meet needs in, in, um, in this church family. Lord, we love you and we thank you uh, for the opportunity to, uh, to be called your children and to be part of the family of God. And uh, again, I don't take it for granted, but I do ask, Lord, that you would just help us. And we're thankful and grateful for how you work in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, we're going to look at a few verses, pretty basic tonight, but again, it's the Word of God, and there's nothing really basic about the Word of God. Um, I want to talk about steps of spiritual growth and... Um, 
you know, we all came to know Christ. If you're saved today, if you're born again, uh, you're saved. And I often go to the juvenile detention center and my main goal is as an evangelist is to give them the gospel and to give a clear gospel presentation so that they could have an opportunity to trust Christ, to be part of the family of God. I preach the, you know, the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the hope that we have because of that. And that's the goal. You know, the verse John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, praise the Lord, <laughs> whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And um, John 3, 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man what be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So born again, born into the family of God. And so you get the gospel, uh, and then people hear the gospel, and they receive the the gospel, make it their own. Um, pray and ask Jesus Christ um, uh, into their hearts in order that they could have forgiveness of sin, that their sins are covered with the blood of Christ. So that's salvation. And we understand it. As far as I know here, you're saved. And if not, that's where it starts, salvation. And people get saved. And I give that message out. And many of the youth get saved, many. And uh, I'm glad and excited about that. And that's what my goal is there, is to give the gospel. And then my next goal is you have this... Think of a ladder that you're climbing, and I'm not talking about climbing to salvation because it's a free gift. Salvation is that first step, though. That's the first step. And many people took that first step. But there's another step, not to salvation, not to getting to heaven, but as spiritual growth, there's things that should take place in what I often tell my youth, and especially in my stay facility where I have them and disciple, I says, man, you're missing out if just all you have is salvation. If you just have a, a home in heaven, you, but God wants to, there's a lot more than that that God wants to do for us. And um, I'm glad you're saved. I'm glad you're going to heaven. Um, but we need to grow. That's just the beginning. That's just the starting point. It's an important starting point. Don't get me. I'm not belittling that at all. Salvation. Um, but there's other things that God wants us to, to do on here on this earth. There's a purpose. There's a purpose. He keeps us here on earth and he just doesn't take us to heaven after salvation because there's a work to be done and it could only be done here on earth. And we ought not to waste time. We ought not to just dismiss that, you know, and now we have salvation and we're not going to hell anymore. Praise the Lord. But now we need to study. 
Um, now we need to find what the Word of God says and find God's purpose for our life. And so we talked about it last time I was here about prayer. We need to learn about prayer and that tool of prayer. First Thessalonians 5.17 uh, Pray without ceasing. We need to learn prayer to pray. And he spake a parable unto them to this end that men ought to always pray and not faint. In other words, we just have to have communication with God and we have to know God. We, we need to get to know him. And, um, when you get to know somebody, you spend time with them. You learn of them and it takes time. It takes effort. There's that next step. So let's look at Romans ten seventeen. Romans ten seventeen. the Bible says this. So then faith cometh by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so we want to have faith in God. And the way we get faith is by hearing and hearing the word of God. So we need to find out and we need to fill, uh, build our faith in him and begin to trust him and Doing that is getting into the Word of God, studying the Word of God, devotional life, uh, daily study time, not just salvation, but then we want to get to know Him. So is there that next step? And if we don't do that, then we'll always be a, we'll be a Christian, we'll be saved, we'll be on our way to heaven, but we'll be very weak. Uh, we'll miss out on everything that God has for us besides heaven. So we get into the word of God, um, learning about him. You know, the verse Psalms 119, 105, thy word is what a lamp unto my feet. It's a light unto my path. And so we need to navigate in this world. And we won't know how to navigate unless we have the word. Because it's dark, right? <laughs> uh, today's a, a long day, and but you know it gets dark sometime. Tonight it'll be dark, and life is dark, and we live in a dark world. We just talked about that in the introduction, um, but we need the light. We need the Word of God to light up our path. So again, my encouragement in here is: we're sa- saved. We're instead of going to hell. We have salvation. And then now as a Christian, we need to build ourselves strong as a Christian. And part of doing that is praying, getting the word of God, learning it, applying it, um, getting just to have that relationship built with our heavenly father, finding our purpose in life, fulfilling God's purpose. And the only way we're going to do that is if we get to know him. How do we get to know him? Yeah, Uh, we get into the word of God. We begin to communicate with him through prayer. Um, First Peter, chapter one, verse 23, being born again, not of corruptible seed. But of incorruptible 
by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. And so, again, if we're weak, I mean, if we don't get into the word of God, uh, if we don't grow as a Christian, we'll be a weak Christian. And the truth is, there's a lot of weak Christians. Uh, you meet them, you, you go soul winning, you knock on doors or whatever the case might be. Oh, I accepted Christ. Yeah, I did that. But then that's where it stopped. And there's really no change in their life. They're still, a lot of them still doing the things they did. They're still, nothing has really changed. And that's a sad life, right? Because they're missing out. They never took that next step. And we need to grow. And we need to be what God intended us to be. There's work to be done. And again, I remind us, uh, salvation is, and I tell those youth, I, man, I just preach and I get on them and I said, man, uh, yeah, you're saved today. Uh, but you know what? There's, there, there's a whole lot. Uh, we want to have life and we want to have it abundantly. And unless you start praying, unless you start getting in the word of God, unless there's church attendance and growth and, uh, uh, discipleship, Man, you're missing out. So many of those youth, they, they get saved and they're doing well and then they get out and they go right back to what got them in the institution in the first place. And it's frustrating. And they come back and they're a little embarrassed. And you know, you've heard me say this. I'll ask the question, hey, did you go to church? Did you read your Bible? No. Did you have any type of communication with God, prayer? No. Of course. Okay? You can't expect just because we're saved that, you know, boom, we're instantly magic and we're going to be a perfect Christian. No. It takes work. It takes uh, it takes knowing God and growth. Or else you'll be that weak Christian and you'll just go right back and be tossed to and fro. And that's just the way it works. It's obvious. It's obvious. So you got to be in God's will. And God's will is salvation. Um, then there's studying the word of God. And then I, I kind of have the next step here is um, um, separation. Uh, from the world. Uh, we come to that point, okay, we understand we're saved. And now I start getting into the Word of God and knowing God and having a relationship with God. And He begins to speak with me and uh, show me what I need to do. And um, the natural reaction next thing will be is a changed life. There's going to be some changes. There's going to be some changes that take place. First John chapter two. Let's turn there. First John chapter two, verse 15. And I really believe that you could probably get saved. You could even start knowing the word of God and you could have the head knowledge. But if you don't apply it, you know, it's 
you could have all the head knowledge. It's like, you know, we have kids memorize scripture and all that, and that's great, and that's what we ought to do, and we should. But then there needs to come a point in their life where, okay, I have the scripture here. I need to put it here. Okay. And when you put it here, then you begin to live it out. And not just for kids, for all of us, even as Christians. You could come here to church every week, every Wednesday, every Sunday, every Sunday night, Sunday morning, Sunday school or whatever, and get all kinds of head knowledge. But if it gets stays here and never gets here, we're going to be a worldly Christian. Uh, we're going to be that carnal route, carnality. And, uh, but there should be some separation that takes place. And that's that choices that we make daily. And I raise my hand. We make choices daily. First John chapter two, verse 15. Love not the world. Neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. And all these things are very real, huh? It is not of the father. It's not of God. It's not, it's not, that's not God's way, but it's the way of the world. So you go down the list, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, pride, pride, self. It's not of the Father. That's not, a, that's not about Him. That's the way of the world. So a worldly Christian, I think they could be saved and they could even have some bunch of knowledge about the Bible, but then there needs to be that, okay, there's going to be some changes. Verse 16, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father. Verse 17, and the world passes away and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. So that's the Christian that's separated. He begins to change. Um, it's kind of a natural process. You know, you, you hear it and then you apply it and then you live it out. You apply it to your life. Um, what activities do I go to anymore? Um, at work, who do I associate anymore? What kind of uh, things that I hang out with or who I hang out with and what I do and all those things. And, um, and you begin to make some choices separating yourselves. Not because you're better, not because you're whatever, but it's just, hey, I'm a Christian. And this is what God wants me to do. And if we do it in the right way, God will honor it and bless it and use it. Because people are watching and you know that we've watched others and they watch us. And we ought not to be considered worldly. Um, things change. And I'm not talking about legalism and all that. I'm just talking about it's a hard attitude. Hey, I want to please God. And I'm going to make some changes. I'm not weird. I'm not strange. But I'm just going to please God. And there's going to be some changes. The way we talk, the way the places we go, the way we dress, the whatever it is. There's going to be some changes. 
So there's that salvation. Then there's getting into the word of God and discipleship. And then there's that next step. Uh, what am I going to do with that? Separate myself or I'm going to be a worldly Christian. And if I may say, and I'm not the judge, but there's a lot of people who call themselves Christians and you would never know it unless they told you. Okay. You would never know it by just looking or seeing. And I'm not saying it's all about outward because God looks in the heart. I know that, but the heart's going to affect the outward. It's just a natural thing. And so again, let's look at second Corinthians chapter six, verse 14. And things, this is what I teach the youth there. It says, yeah, you're saved. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. You're going to heaven. And you were sincere when you prayed and they're sincere. I mean, they'll pray with tears in their eyes and yes, I believe in Jesus. I want forgiveness of sin, but it doesn't, it ought not to stop there. Again, I'm not talking about salvation, uh, work salvation. I'm just talking about as Christians, there's growth. We need to grow. We have a purpose and we benefit from it, from that spiritual growth. And we're also hurt by it if we don't grow spiritually. We're damaged. Be not, Second uh, Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14, be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Pretty clear, huh? For what fellowship have righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion have light with darkness? And what concord have Christ with the world or Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will dwell in them and walk in them and they will be, they will be their God and they shall be my people. It's, man, it sounds like a whole lot of separation there, huh? Verse 17, Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean things, and I, re, I will receive you. So, again, we're just, the Scripture's uh, telling us, separate. Again, where do I go? What activities do I participate in? So the next step of godly God's will, living the spiritual man, in being in God's will is separation. Things are different in my life now than they were before I was saved. Um, the things I used to do, I don't do them anymore. <laughs> yeah, You heard it. Uh, the places I used to go, I don't go there anymore. There's been a great change since I've been born again. And we sing that song and we teach the kids that song. And it's it's a great song. Things I used to do, I don't do them anymore. The things I used to say, I don't say them anymore. The thing, places I used to go, I don't go there anymore. Why? There's been a great change since I've been born again. And so we need to separate. And if not, we're carnal. We're going down that route and that road of carnality. 
the carnal Christian. They're a Christian, but they're carnal. They're worldly, carne, world, fleshly Christian, or a separated Christian. Saved, study, separate. And so we need to be careful to do those uh, things that God wants us to do versus not. The natural reaction is carnal, carnality, the way of the world, a worldly Christian. Then I kind of like to say from what the Word of God says, uh, there's a next step. Say, man, that's a lot of steps here, and that sounds pretty good about being separated. But then God wants us to surrender to his will for his purpose. For everybody, it's a little bit different. Um, but it's just saying, here I am, Lord. Let's look at some scripture. Um, let's look at Isaiah chapter 6. Verse 8. Sorry. Also, I heard a voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I. Send me. (laughs) Okay, what does God want to use us for now? God begins to speak to us, okay? I could use you now. You're saved. You know the Word of God, or at least you're in the Word of God. And now you're separated for God's purpose. So here's your purpose. You see the step? Here's your purpose. And we could be saved and not go to hell, but then we could still be a weak Christian and a worldly Christian. And then we get to this point where, okay, I'm saved. I'm studying the word of God. I'm separated. Now what do I do? God says, okay, I want to use you. There's a job to be done. (laughs) And you've separated yourself. You're that person in that toolbox that says, hey, okay, you're ready to be used now. But you know what? We could say, no, God. Ouch. Ouch to ourselves because we're self-centered. And we have all kinds of excuses. Well, I'm not qualified. I'm not able. I don't have the talent. I don't, uh, you know, I'm busy. And that's self. It's all about me. We need to be careful. We need to be careful because God says, okay, there's a job to be done. You know what I've learned? And I just honestly say this, that God uses people. He, you know, he, he uses people to accomplish his will. And I'm not saying that I'm some great example of I'm not, but I'm just saying that's what we ought to do is surrender and say, okay, God, what is your purpose for my life? Here I am, I send me. Oh, but I'm, you know, but I can't hear and I can't do this. I, uh, um, you know, I, and I, 
that God is going to do the work. And He's going to do it through you. It's not you. But we need to surrender. Romans 10.14 says, How then shall they call on Him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in Him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Somewhere along the line, Pastor Stewart said, hey, I, I could do that. It's, surre- it's saying, you know, here I am. But we could say, maybe somebody else could do that. I'm just, it's not for me. And I'm not just talking about full-time ministry, though it could involve full-time ministry, but I'm just talking about whether it's just, hey, there's a job to be done in the church. Whatever it may be, whether it's a vacuuming or whether it's teaching a Sunday school or going on visitation or whatever it is, it's so easy to say, let somebody else do it. Because we all are busy. We all have a lot of things on our plate. I know it. But if God speaks to us and says, okay, hey, who's it going to be that's going to be able to tell this person how to be saved? And if we say no, it's because we're self-centered and we're not surrendering to God. And so, um, be careful, Christian. We want to grow. You know the verse, Romans 12, 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, It's part of that spiritual growth, huh? We present ourselves wholly acceptable unto God. Hey, that's our reasonable service, which is our reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds that you may prove what is good and acceptable in the perfect and perfect will of God. So God has a purpose. God has a will. And we need to surrender to that. Um, surrender to him. Be willing to say, here I am. What do you want to do? I can do that. And you might even say, I can't do it. But God says, yeah, you can. And we listen to God and just go ahead and believe me, he'll use you. He'll use you because he does the work. I still get nervous. You think I don't get nervous when I come up here and preach? Every time I go to the prison, I get nervous and I think, man, I wish somebody else could do this. But I've been doing it for 20 years. It's the truth. Okay. I don't mind and I love it after and you get into it and you see God work and you just say, man, that wasn't me. It was God. And you just, it's so exciting and so thrilling and it's just excited about it. But there's always that, you know, and it's, and it's just proof that it's God and God will show you and take you places and do things that you never even dreamed about. 
But in order for that to happen, we need to surrender. Mark 16, 15, and he said unto them, Go ye into the world, go into all the world, and preach the gospel to every creature. Uh, you may not be an evangelist and going and preaching, but there's things that we can do. Maybe it's prayer. Maybe it's um, putting tracks together. I don't know what it could be. Uh, maybe it's just being present and supporting those that do this and praying for them. And But there's something that we all can do to proclaim the gospel. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I command you. And lo, I am with you. Oh, I love it. I'm with you. He's with you always. Even unto the end of the world. Amen. I was telling my pastor the other day, I says, you know, I just can't believe it. You know, I'm living the life. <laughs> um, you know, here I am. I have nothing really in common with those kids in the juvenile detention center. But I could go from unit to unit. And we have probably 99.9% of everybody present in the service listening to this old, bald-headed, overweight guy. Focused, laser-focused. And it's not, it's not, I don't have no, I'm not a youth guy. I'm not talented. I'm no, I don't go and play sports with them and do all kinds and have funny jokes and all that. I wish I did. <laughs> I wish I, I said, man, somebody, this is for somebody else. It ain't for me. But I've been saying that for 20 years. <laughs> and nobody else is there but me. I'm not, I'm not saying I don't have others. But again, uh, I just saying that uh, God could, if we just surrender, he'll do the work. And they're sitting there, they're looking and they're listening and they're getting it. And they're, I could see they're laser focused and some begin to have tears coming down their eyes because God's speaking to them. And I give an invitation and then I close in prayer and people raise their hand for salvation. And I'll have three or four guys line up because they wanted me to pray for them individually. Thank you, Lord. I'll take this any day. Surrender. Surrender. So, God's will and carnality, we have that choice. You become a, then you're sharing your faith. And that's the, probably the huge step is going out and begin to sow the seed. Psalms 126 verse 5. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth bearing precious seed shall doubtlessly come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. And I get it. 
I'm a pre- preacher. I was at a church the other day, and uh, uh, you know, I always thought I was a missionary. But he says, "You're not a missionary. You're an evangelist. If you were a missionary, I wouldn't support you." And I said, "Okay, I'll just take your support. Whatever you call me, that's okay." And I, I, I forget why I said that, but <laughs> but what I am saying is, um. Uh, it's a wonderful thing to see people saved. But I'm just like anybody else. Maybe you may say, oh, no, you're not. But I just, man, I have fear of rejection. I don't want to. They're going to reject it. And I, I'm just like you. I'm just like, and I, man, that's one of the hardest things is to start sharing the gospel with somebody. You would think, oh, no, but you're a missionary. That's what you're supposed uh, I do, and I do it all the time, but it's not easy. But I've learned it's okay. Just do it <laughs> and let God do it. And if they reject you, that's okay. It's not rejecting you. They're rejecting God. But after a while, it gets, you know, I'm not saying it doesn't got, hasn't gotten easier, but I still always still think, oh, but then there's that, you get on that roll and I start witnessing to the kids. I start witnessing to the staff. I start witnessing to the manager and just, man, it just starts flowing. And when the Holy Spirit begins to get in there and he does that, I, and I'm looking and I'm just thinking, wow, look at this. It's great. They're focused. They're listening. The manager, he just got saved. He raised his hand for salvation. I wasn't even talking to him. I was talking to the kids, but he's listening. That's God. That's God. Multnomah County, Clackamas County, Washington County, the three largest counties in the state of Oregon, the armpit of the U.S. and one of the armpits, and we hear it and it's all over the news. Not in the prison. There's a gospel message going out. There's a revival breaking out. You won't hear that in Fox News. And I don't want to, I don't care if it's not heard, but I'm just saying, God, nothing could stop him. But you know what he wants? Salvation. Get into the word. Separate yourself. Surrender. And be a soul winner. So many people, they're weak Christians, they're worldly Christians, they're self-centered. And they're disobedient. Don't ever fall in that category. It's carnality. That's what the Bible talks about, a carnal Christian. We want to be in God's will. So again, just the reminder today is, hey, let's be in God's purpose. And I, I, you, your, your mission field is your kids, maybe. Your mission field is your own family. Your mission field might be your work 
uh, people you work with. Your mission field might be going on Saturdays or whenever the soul winning is or whatever, or the parade or VBS or Sunday school or uh, Wednesday, uh, the, the children's program. That might be your field. And go for it. And there's... That's where God calls you to. You get in it and you go for it and you study and you separate, you surrender and you soul win and you'll see what God could do. It's amazing when God's, what God will show you because he does it. It's not you. We just get to be, be present when he's doing it. It's a wonderful thing. Life is short. So serve God. The gospel is good news to those who receive it. There's many who haven't received it. And it might be too late for them because, hey, people die. But it's only good news if they get it in time. And who has God called us to get that out? The church. Who's the church? Not this building. It's individuals. And God said, hey, I'm giving you the responsibility to you to fulfill my will. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, we love you. We thank you for the opportunity to just open up your word. Uh, I'm thankful for uh, just being able to share it. I pray you use it. By chance, if there's somebody here today that says, Brother Rick, I'm not even sure if I know Christ, but I would like to receive Christ today. If I were to die today, I'm not sure where I'd spend eternity, but I'd like to know that I could spend eternity with God in heaven. If that's you, I want you to pray this prayer and mean it in your heart. You might say something like this, Dear Jesus, I realize I'm a sinner. I realize my sin separates me from you. But I also realize that you died. You died for sin. My sin. And I believe what you did on the cross was for me. And you rose again from the grave for me. Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Be my Savior today. Amen.